We had the guilty verdict of Derek Chauvin last week and more stories coming out of police-involved shootings, several out of the city of Chicago, uh, and it's reminiscent of other instances where individuals lost their lives uh, in interactions with police, uh, and I'm thinking all the way back to even the Eric Gardner case in New York, somebody selling loose cigarettes on the street, uh, essentially losing his life in a, um, a physical altercation with law enforcement uh, several years ago. Uh, and somebody yesterday on the House floor uh, highlighting how one of their constituents lost their lives in a police-involved shooting uh, and uh, raising some uh, some interesting points. And he joins us here now on the WMAY Morning News Feed. At 7.50, I'm Greg Bishop and State Representative Will Gazzardi joining us from Chicago. Uh, Representative, thanks for taking time with us this morning. Uh, and I think some of the things you said yesterday were pretty powerful, uh, especially when it comes to yet another life lost. Uh, regardless of the circumstance of that individual's life, it was something that... Uh, uh, some people are seeing as as could have been avoided. Uh, so I guess just kind of reiterate what you uh, the the sentiments you shared yesterday on the uh, on the House floor, especially when it comes to people who might have to uh, uh, you know pull back some of the things that they they try to 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 include into this conversation uh, and encouraging people to kind of check that instinct that they may have. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate you having me on this morning. Um, yeah, you know, um, Anthony Alvarez is a constituent of mine, a 22-year-old young man who was shot in the back while he was running away from Chicago police officers um, uh, at the end of March. The video was just released the other day. And, um, yeah, I sat on the House floor, and I'll say to you this morning that uh, I think some, some folks maybe have this impulse to say, well, you know, was he, a, was he a bad kid? Was he hanging with the wrong crowd? What was he doing? What was he up to? Did he ask for it in some kind of way? And... Um, you know, I, I tried to urge my colleagues and I would urge your listeners to just say that, you know, nobody deserves to get shot in the back while they're running away. Um, that's there's nothing you could have done, no kind of affiliations you could have had that would that would cause you to deserve that kind of a fate. And um, and, and I think also, and I hope also um, that the tragedy of his death prompts us to have a real hard conversation with ourselves about um, about the role of policing and about what the appropriate. Uh, role of police ought to be in our society so that we don't keep having these these terrible incidents. And I think one thing you said uh, everybody can kind of agree with is we ask police to do too much, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's to me, like, you know, I, um, I talk with uh, organizers and activists uh, at, at sort of rallies and marches and protests, and I talk with cops and police sergeants and, and lieutenants and um and I hear the same thing from both sides, which is, uh, yeah, police are being asked to do too much. Police just can't, they simply can't be asked to respond to all the things that we call 911 for, you know, homelessness and public indecency and noise complaints and mental health incidents. And, you know, when you have people who are armed and trained that every time you go on a call, it could be life or death, and they get called for everything under the sun, eventually there's just some of these incidents are going to escalate. And then tragedies are going to happen like this. We need a different way forward. How do we get there, right? I mean, because we, we see law enforcement, they're tasked with laws that people like you, Representative, uh, you know, mm-hmm. not you specifically, but, you know, just state legislators, right, elected officials, yeah. they're the ones crafting these laws that go on the books, that have penalties associated with them, and then law enforcement is tasked by law to go out and enforce right. these things. And I think about, like, something is as trivial as selling a loose cigarette on mm-hmm. a sidewalk. 
leading to, yeah. to you know physical altercation with people's arms being twisted behind their backs and you know how do we address that yeah no I, so to me i think um the, the way forward for us is to start thinking about what kinds of calls can we send someone else to i think we need to have civilian unarmed first responders who are trained in behavioral health who are trained in de-escalation and we need to retrain our dispatchers to send those folks out to a lot of calls that don't need somebody with a gun showing up to them. You know, uh, the noise complaint, the kids next door are partying too loud. We don't need two people with guns in a squad car to show up to that incident. You know, there's a homeless guy on the corner. We don't need that kind of intervention. You know, we need somebody who can check in with that person, make sure they're okay, and direct them to the services that they need to take care of them. And let's save the guys with the guns and the badges, uh, you know, for the really violent, scary incidents where we need people who are armed and who are trained in that way to keep all of us safe. But those incidents are, you know, definitely the minority of the calls that come into 911. So I think we just need to rebuild a different kind of intervention system to respond more more aptly to these calls. And you're not talking about, I mean, I guess, well, I guess if you could square up what you, you just brought up with having kind of a, a more uh, mental health community type of, uh, uh, not necessarily enforcers, but workers that can help, you know, manage through some mm-hmm. of these issues and the idea that some people may say, well, that sounds like abolish the police or defund the police. <laughs> can you square those two up together? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's really um I don't know, maybe more like rethink the police. I, I, I don't want to try to invent a slogan here on your show this morning. <laughs> um, but, but I would just say that um, I think in, instead of being bogged down in whose slogan are we on and which flag are we waving and who's, you know, like that sort of tribalist mentality that divides us when we get into this conversation, I want to like, I, I try anyway to bring us all back to the place that I really think we agree. Police are being asked to do too much. They're not the right people to respond to an awful lot of these situations. They're not trained social workers. They're not trained uh, mental health professionals. And, uh, you know, people, most of the people who they see on a day-to-day basis need those kinds of services instead of the services of somebody with a gun. So, um, what, 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 yeah. a, what a separate What a separate issue, though, altogether, um, you know, instead of even... You know, uh, as you as you're kind of saying, you know, you don't want to make a slogan up, but kind of re reinventing, so to speak, um, law enforcement's role. Shouldn't legislatures like like Illinois legislature walk back some of the penalties that there are for nonviolent crimes? Because I think that that's that that's the cusp mm-hmm. here, right? It's you know, violent crimes, violent crime, and there are victims. But passing over a twenty dollar uh, counterfeit bill is right, a nonviolent right. crime. Uh, selling loose cigarettes on the street without, you know, having a tax stamp uh, is a nonviolent crime. Uh, right. You know, those types of I, shouldn't shouldn't there be an effort to try to, I guess, do a comprehensive evaluation of uh, how we enforce these things and the penalties that are associated with them? Yeah, absolutely. I, I really believe in that. And um, and I think that we've, we've undertaken some of that work, um, you know, just this past, uh, I guess, maybe a week or two ago in the Illinois House, we we passed. um legislation uh, addressing the sentences for individual possession of certain controlled substances, right? Um, uh, that w- Those kinds of offenses that where there really isn't a victim being harmed, property offenses, drug possession, those kinds of things, um, 
you know, the, the over punishment of those kinds of offenses has led not only to a huge jail and prison population and tremendous cost to the state and to counties as a result, but also to law enforcement, as you say, being asked to intervene in all kinds of situations where it just, you know, uh, leads to this kind of escalation. State Representative Will Gazzardi from Chicago joining us here. Uh, we've got less than a minute and a half, uh, and I do want to uh, get your reaction just to, you know, some of the state house happenings. Uh, Republicans mm-hmm. have always, uh, for as long as I've covered the state house, uh, complained about being in the minority and not having their voice heard. They said, you know, today's yeah. a new day with Speaker Welch in office, uh, but they're still not seeing a lot of their substantive measures brought forward. What's your reaction in less than a minute, if you could? Yeah, um, I appreciate that that sentiment. I would just say, you know, the Republicans are in the minority in the legislature. So that means in order to get their bills passed with a majority of votes, they need Democratic support. And so uh, I've had the pleasure of working on a lot of bipartisan initiatives with my Republican colleagues. Um, but their bills just have to be bipartisan in order to pass. It's a numerical fact. And so I think a lot of the sort of, uh, of the issues that many of my Republican colleagues are bringing up Republicans like them, Democrats don't, and so they just simply don't have the votes. And, you know, as a committee chair myself, I've done my level best to call Republican bills in committee and put them up there for a vote. And some of them have passed, and some of them, you know, the Republicans voted for, and we didn't, and so they didn't get out of committee. So, uh, you know, I think it's it's harder to be in the minority, no doubt, and you've got to do bipartisan work to get your bills done. Um, and that means that some of their bills just simply aren't going aren't gonna to pass. Uh, but I look forward to continuing to work with them, and we, we've had some great success in some bipartisan measures uh, in recent weeks. So wow. I'm excited uh, about you, that. Prospect. You got that done within a minute. Uh, good stuff. Representative, let's talk again <laughs> soon, all right? Great.